podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. down one more to go talk about that in a second i am philip slavin and this is the 10 12 podcast that covers all 10 teams in the big 12 conference i want to say one thing before we talk any football congrats to the big 12 in women's soccer season is over for all the teams kansas west virginia advancing to the sweet 16 they played on sunday both those teams lost nothing to be sad about there only one Number one or number two seeded team did not make it through. When you got to go on the road, it's tough. Uh, but congrats to the Big 12. I thought they had a really nice season. Their year is over. Uh, they'll look forward to, to 2020. I think Big 12 women's soccer is on the rise, and it's one to keep an eye on, even if you don't care that much about soccer. And that's fine, but, you know, you're, you're wrong. Uh, so let's talk some football. As I said, two down, one to go. There were two teams in action this past Saturday who had to win their last two games of the season to make it to a bowl game. West Virginia losing a close one to Oklahoma State 20-13 on Saturday. Texas Tech, who had a lead but couldn't hang on against Kansas State. Both those teams with seven losses are eliminated from bowl contention. Look, I know sometimes five and seven teams go to bowl games, but folks, there's going to be enough six and six teams to fill every bowl slot. There's probably going to be some six and six group of five teams who are going to be left at home because there's too many teams for bowl slots. So it's it's really disappointing. Um, I thought that Texas Tech could make a bowl game in year one of Matt Wells. I really did. Texas Tech had their chances in games, had some close losses. I think they're a bowl team that's not going to go bowling, which I know is kind of like saying they're the best 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four team. I don't think that's the same thing because I think saying someone's the best 7-5 and five team is stupid. Uh, but Texas Tech still got a big game. This this That makes this game on Saturday their bowl game against Texas. Similar thing for West Virginia. They've got one more shot to win a game. TCU, the last team who could get to bowl eligibility, who isn't already there or isn't eliminated. They are 
five and six. They play West Virginia on this upcoming Saturday. Obviously, we'll talk more about that on our picks episode on Friday. Yes, we will have episode, the three episodes normally, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, despite the holiday week. I just expect that we're probably going to make picks on like Tuesday, which sucks, but it is what it is. Um, big game this coming Saturday between TCU and West Virginia. TCU needs to get that sixth win to get to a bowl game and give the Big 12 seven bowl teams, which I think is big. It would have been nice to have eight. Uh, no offense to Kansas State whatsoever. I've been a big year for you guys. Like Kansas State, really like what Climate is doing. I was kind of rooting for Texas Tech to get to that bowl eligibility, so my preseason pick was correct, but it wasn't, and I am sorry. Today, I have two great guests. Andy Mitz, who is my usual Monday contributor, joining the show from Land Grant and Rock Chot Pod. Very excited to have first-time guest Adam McClintock. You know him as CFB Professor on Twitter. This guy has a Patreon site that just breaks down analytics for football. It's wonderful. It's worth the money. You guys would like it. He's a smart guy. Very excited to have him. We're going to talk about OU in the playoff. We're not going to spend too much time on it because I'm, I've got some playoff exhaustion. Going to talk about Iowa State. This is They're quietly in contention for that third-place finish that they were picked to to have in the preseason. Big game for them against Kansas State this coming Saturday. We're going to talk about Iowa State and their season thus far. Also going to talk about Texas. They uh, potentially could be 6-6 six and six if they don't get this win over Texas Tech this coming weekend. So what's the vibe? What, what do we need to talk about there? Their offensive line issues are a real problem. thought this was a really good episode. Really glad to have both these guests here. A couple things. A- Rate and review the show. Five stars, please leave us a review. We're still trying to get a hold of, figure out how to get a hold of our, our one awesome review. I wanted to say thank you very much. We have got some stuff. We've got to get it to you, man. If if you are the one who left the review for us, hit us up on Twitter. We we will we will get you your merch. Okay. The DMs are open on the 1012 Podcast Twitter account at TEN, the number 12 the word podcast. Let us know. Um, give us a follow. Leave us five stars on iTunes if you don't mind. Don't forget, sign up for Big 12 now. Men's basketball games are going on. You don't want to miss anything during Feast Week. Love Feast Week. It is, it's like one of the, it's like a top 10 event for me is Feast Week. All these preseason tournaments. I love it. So, all that said, we got a, we got a long one. Not long, but long enough that let's just go ahead and get to it. So, of course, we are recapping the weekend or just kind of looking at the state of the Big 12. And I'm very excited to have, A, my usual guest, Andy Mitz from Land Grant Gauntlet and Rock Chalk Talk and Rod Co- uh, Rock Chalk Podcast back on the show. Andy, welcome, sir. Good to be back. Always a pleasure to have you here to bring your uh, opinions that always make Iowa State fans irate. Always glad to, to keep that fan base happy when they listen to my show. <laughs> Very excited to welcome first-time guest uh, Adam McClintock, who you all probably know best as the CFB professor on Twitter. Adam is, if you're going to look for someone who's smarter than you at college football and, and breaking it down and analyzing it, Adam is your man. Adam, welcome to the 1012. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to like set the bar too high, but you might be the smartest person who's actually been on the show so far. Uh, oh man, I'm. I'm I... <laughs> I'm a great actor, though, so <laughs> fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I've been trying, and it hasn't worked. How about we just concede he's the smartest, at least in in some aspect of you know football stats and all that fun stuff? Okay, or, that's fine. Yeah. So uh, I I want to get this part of the, the conversation out of the way early because I, I'm kind of getting like playoff fatigue. The more I talk about it, the less I, I care. And part of that is. Only one team, sorry, Baylor, is really in contention for the playoff in the Big 12, and it's Oklahoma. And I know that Oregon lost in 
college football greatness fashion uh, in a game they probably shouldn't have lost to Arizona State. Uh, the door is not fully open for Oklahoma to get in just yet. And, and it got me thinking about, you know, the biggest complaint with the playoffs so far is the, is the debate of, of, of what should be more important when deciding who gets in. Uh, the, the claim is that the playoff committee is supposed to get the four best teams, um, which seems to have just kind of driven the debate between best, which is really up to your own opinion, versus most deserving, which is, you know, we, we think that resumes should be more important. And it kind of got me curious, and Adam, I'm going to let you take this one first. Okay. From OU standpoint, if you want to come at the best argument or the most deserving, does OU really even deserve to be in the conversation of, of top four teams right now? Deserving? Um, well, the last the last few weeks have, have, have kind of torpedoed, I think, their argument for being uh, one of the most deserving, one of the foremost deserving, just because of, of how they've, they, they've played against a, a five and five TCU team who that, that game was very much in doubt and towards the very in, in, until the last possession of that game. And people will, will even claim that, you know, the, the refs botched a, a, a bad spot to, to hand Oklahoma that game in, in, in the last last possession. Um, <clears throat> they had to come to from 25 down to beat Baylor, a, a team that the committee does not respect at all. And they <clears throat> they also had to hold on to, to be a, uh, a what is now a six and four, I believe, Iowa State team um, at home. So that that those types of perform performances don't stack up with the ones that we're that we're seeing out of the teams that everybody that everybody agrees is in uh, LSU, um, uh, Ohio State, uh, Clemson. Those teams, yeah, Clemson had a a close game against North Carolina earlier in the year, but for the most part, they've when they went out and played it against a five and five ball ball club, it's it's been over midway through the first quarter. Um, that's the type of, if you're talking about deserving, that's, that's the type of performance you want to see out of a, out of a bona fide top 14. Now the resume, that's a different argument you can get into, um, the way the committee, and, uh, this is, this is something that, that you have to understand about their, our, our current format and, and the committee itself is you have, uh, 13, you know, guys who are, who, are, who have jobs away from this, this committee all week long. They're, they're busy. They're, they're acting ADs. They're, they're, you know, on the board of regents of, of different organizations, they have roughly. <clears throat> let's see. They, I think they, they they arrive in in uh, Grapevine uh, on on Monday to come up with this top twenty five that they're supposed to put together every, every week. So if you think about it, um, these guys who let's say they 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 consider thirty teams a week for this top twenty five, if they would watch one hour of game film for per team, which isn't very much, right? That's 30 hours of game film and only 24 hours. So one, they're not watching any game film on this. They can't. I mean, plus, you know, um, of those guys who are there, there's a couple co of uh, retired coaches, but how many of them would even know what they're looking at, looking at that little game film? So what they do is, is they have a very predictable way of going about creating these resumes using a, a strength of schedule formula that, that they've used since 2014. They have a very defined uh, uh, definition of what a quality win is, and they use top 25 wins, and they use game control. That's that's a very simplified version of, of how they create their resumes, and then from there, that's that's how they order the, order the teams quickly 
in this process in order to get a, a consensus out of, the, out of those 13, 13 people in that room. So um, it's all about resume. You know, it, you, we, we can talk about most deserving. We, we can talk about um, who looks the best. You're, you, you, you need to have a good resume to be in the, in, in the, in the conversation. And some of that is game control. And that's where Oklahoma's really, really hurt themselves the last three weeks. Andy, do you have any just thoughts on, on whether or not OU, it, do you believe that as of today, OU, I, I hate saying the word deserves because it goes back to deserves versus best, either is one of the four best teams or is one of the four most deserving teams as, as far as the playoff goes? I think it's at least debatable. Like the only team, I, I think at this point, the two that are definitely, you know, need to be in the playoff are LSU and, and, and Ohio State. They far and away have much better resumes than anyone else, and they seem to be much better teams. Clemson is still arguable. Yes, they're getting the bump, and I think we've actually talked about this before. Um, you know, they're getting the bump because they're undefeated and they're the, na the defending national champion. Um, I understand why they're in. I still don't think that they've necessarily done anything that guarantee, you know, that really shows that they for sure deserve to be there. Um, and a lot of that is kind of out of their control. But it's also the kind of the same argument that you can make for some of these other teams, um, you know, in terms of, well, they can only do what's in front of, you know, they can only win the games that are in front of them. You can't really necessarily hold that against them, that the fact that their conference is absolutely atrocious this year. Um, it is kind of funny, though, that that's the same argument that gets held against Pac-12 all the time. Um, and we're almost kind of seeing that flip this year where the committee almost seems to be doing everything possible to try to force a Pac-12 team into the playoff this year. Um, so, so teams like Oregon before this last loss, Utah, um, I don't know that they really have done as much as Oklahoma has um, to be able to say that they're deserving. But for some reason, they're, they're kind of getting the benefit of the doubt where a team like Oklahoma is not. Um, and really, I think just what it comes down to, like the, the two teams we should be having a debate about, about whether they should be in the playoff or not would be Georgia and Oklahoma. They are fairly comparable teams. Um, Oklahoma probably, uh, well, ha has wins that are, that are at least on par. Their loss is a lot better than Georgia's loss. And so I, you could have a debate whether Oklahoma should be four or five in the playoff rankings right now. Um, but it seems pretty clear to me that Oklahoma is one of the best five teams in the in the nation so far this year. They're getting dinged by that loss to Kansas State. Um, but, you know, they, that's a much better loss than what some of these other teams have. I will counter with this. <clears throat> Not excluding Alabama is doing so because – they don't have a path to win their own division or conference, and OU does, so that, that looks like it gives OU an edge. But I'll be honest, like OU versus Bama, I'm I'm not sure I know who wins that game. Like Bama is in the conversation because of how good Alabama is. But I understand excluding them because they don't have a they have the least clear path outside of the committee just going, We think they're one of the four best and we're gonna put them in. Um Obviously, there's a lot still to play. Well, Bama's a lot like Clemson in that they're in on their name at this point. But the fact that they've lost Tua now, like, I think that makes it a lot harder for them. Um, yeah, they're going to have to beat Auburn. And, and if they're able to beat Auburn, I think that actually is going to say more about how Auburn is probably not one of the elite teams this year that everybody seems to try to keep lumping them in at, you know, keeping them ranked in, like, the top 15 all year long, despite the record that they have. Um, you know, I, I think it, it honestly, like I would have said that, yeah, Bama probably would have beat Oklahoma when Tua was still playing, um, just because of, you know, how, how well they've played in the past. And, and honestly, Oklahoma's style does not really 
mesh super well um, in terms of trying to go up against Alabama's defense. But uh, they lost quite a bit when Tua was gone. The f- you know the first game that they played without him wasn't really against anyone that you can say, oh yeah, he he looks just as good. So um, one other thing, Phil, before we move on, I, I wanted to uh, to comment. You were talking about playoff apathy, and you know that's that's kind of the football apathy that most KU fans get um, long before this this point in the season. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. So do you guys even talk football on your podcast anymore? Or are you just on to are you talking women's soccer, uh, men's basketball, <laughs> maybe a little baseball talk early? Yeah. So actually we have talked about each of these games and it's kind of been a, you know, is there anything that we can build off of? Um, this week is going to be a little bit different, obviously, because of how how close that game was against Iowa State. Um, but yeah, I mean, surprisingly, we still are talking football recaps and then we're talking about you know, previews before each of the games. So I'm one of those crazy Kansas fans that I still care, but I know that most of the fan base doesn't. So let's, let's talk about Iowa state for a little bit for a minute, because, you know, preseason number three in the big 12, a lot of people thought they could vie for a big 12 title game. We haven't talked much about them because they, they haven't been as good, but they're sitting at seven and four right now, five and three in conference play with a, a chance this coming weekend with a win over Kansas State and a loss by Oklahoma State to, to OU in Bedlam, of finishing number three in, in the Big 12. How how do we fairly judge this Iowa State team? Because they've had, I think I looked at they've had, they're like three and or three and four in like school games scored or games decided by three points or less. They've had a lot of really close games. They haven't been able to get over the hump. I just I, I haven't been able to figure out if Iowa State's a good team that's unlucky or if like so many of the teams in the Big 12 this year, which is which what's so weird is it seems like a lot of get to give of these games have been close uh, within a touchdown. There haven't been as many blowouts as we're used to seeing. And everyone's just kind of been getting everyone gets a few wins here. Everybody gets a few wins there. And Iowa State's just been kind of a middle-of-the-pack team with everybody else. Adam, what's been your kind of observation of, of Iowa State this season? I think it's <clears throat> I think it's really encouraging to see how, how, how they've played this year. I, I, was, I didn't have Iowa State as high as third um, coming into the season in, in, in some of my projections. But just because of, you know, you look at some of the talent they lost. They lost David Montgomery. They lost... Um, Hakeem Butler, they lost. They lost a lot of a lot of dudes, man. I mean, that's that, that's a lot of production that you're that you're trying to 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 replace there. And uh, with with the team with Iowa State's history and some of their their you know their recruiting um, ceilings that they've had the past you know four years, <clears throat> really impressive that they've actually been able to 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 put together a season like this and and and, and play teams you know as a one point loss at, at Norman, for example. That's uh, that's from an Iowa State team who you know you, t- you talk about these Cyclones five years ago and you say hey you're going to lose um, two draft choice two, two, two draft picks off of your offense and you're going to come back the, the, the next year and still be third in the Big Twelve who would have thought that was possible at Iowa State I don't think there, I don't think very many people would have would have um, been on board saying that was even a remote possibility let alone something that we would be arguing about would, would, is this process is progress or not. Um, I, I think that uh, Matt Rule or Matt, I mean Matt Campbell has a uh, a really good thing that they're going in Ames, and and this is we're still we're still just seeing the, the beginning stages of of a really good football program being built at, at Iowa State as long as he's there. 
Yeah, I, I think I was one of those people that thought that Iowa State was going to be second in the conference. Um, although, to my to my credit, I did also see Baylor as a potential dark horse candidate. Um, but I think what we're seeing is a couple different things. One, the uh, the loss of you know those skill position players in David Montgomery and and all all the receivers they lost like that was a much bigger loss than I think a lot of people gave them credit for. Um, Iowa State in the past have gotten really slow starts because of quarterback play. And the fact that they had an established quarterback in, in Brock Purdy coming back, that everyone was confident was going to be, you know, a very, very successful quarterback um, caused a lot of people to overlook just how important it was to have the rest of the skill position players to keep that offense humming. I think the second thing, you know, is is something in that the, the defense has not been as good. And I don't think it's necessarily because the defense has actually gotten worse. I think it's because the strengths of this defense have typically been in the passing game, whereas most of our Big 12 offenses this year are really focused more on the running game or at least getting the running game established to get the passing game opened up. Um, which kind of plays into a few of the weaknesses that that Iowa State defense has. So they found themselves in a few games um, that have been a little bit, I think, surprising for them that their defense has not been overall as good because – teams are better equipped this year in the big 12 to take advantage of the, the, you know, small weaknesses that they actually do have at a much bigger clip. Yeah. I, I, I know that Iowa state fans probably aren't, aren't pumped about this season. You know, they, they're still in, they're still in line for a nine one season, which for Iowa state would be momentous. Like they, they get the win over Kansas state on Saturday, they go get a bowl win and they've got nine wins. And that's not something that's been done often in Ames and and something that should be applauded. I know that the expectations were high off, off last season, but you know, building a program like Iowa State takes time. There's going to be some step forwards and some step backs, and, and I and I still think, despite what kind of feels like a step back this year based off expectations, this is still a program that is moving forward. And a lot of credit to Brock Purdy. He has been wonderful. He set a ton of records at Iowa State and will continue to do so while he's there. Um, I think he gets a little bit overshadowed by other other guys just because Iowa State's had some some low points this season. But I do think I do think Iowa State's program is is continuing to rise. Let's talk about another team that had high expectations this preseason and uh, really hasn't I want to say lived up to them, and that's Texas. Obviously, after the the loss this past Saturday to Baylor, which was a let's be honest, Baylor dominated Texas. I mean, utterly dominated them. Don't don't look at the ten points Texas scored. That last touchdown came in the final second of the game. It was meaningless. I I want to say this: if you went and looked at Bill Connolly's numbers um, postseason last year, he had Texas ranked in the thirties. You know, they finished in the top ten in the rankings. Everyone's like, that's silly. It's stupid. Bill, Con- your numbers are wrong. They were a top ten team, and he went no. They overachieved based off of what they actually did. Their record is better than what they actually did on the field. And coming into this season, similar situation of he had them preseason, the numbers ranked them somewhere in the 30s. Of the, of Based off of what they had coming back and what you saw, this was not a team that was supposed to win a lot. But everyone, you know, when you shout Texas is back at the end of a Sugar Bowl win, your expectations are going to go through the roof. And yet here we are with Texas, who's looking at potentially a, a at best a seven win regular season, maybe a six win if they can't get past Texas Tech this weekend. And, and I think there's a lot of grumbling about Tom Herman. You know, if, if you're going to smash your head against a helmet, you you think that might motivate your team to do more than than 10 points or three points when it matters. I'm not, I'm not out on Tom Herman at Texas. I'm not a Tom Herman fan, but I'm not out on him and, and, and what he's doing at Texas. 
and Adam, I want you to take this one first. I am of the opinion that Texas vastly overachieved or or exceeded what they actually were last season, like Bill Connolly's numbers showed. And due to youth and a ton of injuries to that that Texas defense, they have underachieved what they actually are this year. And so it, it's almost like if you average these two seasons together, that's really what this Texas team was the last two years. But because of what records are, uh, people are going to be upset with what happened in Austin this year. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would absolutely agree with you there. I know I, I had Texas ranked 22nd coming into the season and going nine and three. So I, I wasn't <clears throat> expecting them to be um, dominant by, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I did expect them to be a little bit better than they have been so far this year. And I think you're right. The, the youth, um, I mean, that was going to be a young defense anyway. Um, Todd Orlando is, is, is a very good defensive coordinator. If, you, if you've looked at where he's been and what he's done at, at where he's been, um, he's had success everywhere he's, he, he's went. And, and Texas, you know, last year they had a good defense last year because he had experienced guys there. You, you break in um, young defensive players, especially in the secondary in, in a conference like the Big 12, you're going to have some growing pains. I mean, and then add on top of that all the injuries he had on that side of the ball and just all the injuries they had in general on, on both sides of the ball. And uh, that's, that's kind of undercutting what could have been this season. And um, which, 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 which is where I had them at, at nine and three, I think people's expectations of the, of the, of them competing for, you know, a spot in the college football playoff, which I saw that and shook my head in the preseason a few times, but um, I think that was way overblown and, 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 and a little bit too premature for, for, for where Texas is currently at as a program, but, but uh, he's building depth there. Um, he, he, he uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it would be wise for Texas to, to pull the cord on him right now. Um, you hit, I mean, it's, it's like anything else. If you hit reset <clears throat> too many times on any machines, sometimes that machine's not going to come back on. So you, you got, you have to be really cautious about how many times you hit that reset button. Um, I, I think Texas needs to be patient with Tom Herman, give, give him some time. Let, allow him to build his depth. Um, I know he's he's kind of a quirky guy, but I mean they they knew that coming in. When, when they knew that when they when they hired him. So you, you you've got him. This 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 is the bed you you've made. Now you need to sleep in it and and just ride it out and, and give him another two or three years. And if there's not progress, then then there's a cause for uh, a little bit more concern. And and at that point in time, maybe you need to be looking at it at a different direction. Look, I told myself I wasn't going to piss off any more fan bases in the Big 12, but I think I'm just going to go ahead and do it here. I want Tom Herman to stay at Texas because I don't think Tom Herman's a good coach, to be honest. Like, I think he got into a perfect situation at Houston, rode that to a big gig in Texas. And I, I just don't think he's as good as a lot of people seem to think that he is. And I, I do agree. And, and it harkens back to our, our conversation that we just had about, you know, the the big the the playoff. Um, I think Texas was one of the most deserving teams to be in the top 10 last year coming off of the performances that they had. But they were not one of the 10 best teams in college football last year. And, and that carried over. A lot of people set their expectations for the next year based off of who they think is most deserving from the last year's teams. And it, a lot of times they fail to take into account talent that is, is you know, changing or talent that's not going to be there anymore. So like you were saying, you know, they, they definitely had huge losses on defense that a lot of people did not account for. And, and to be honest, you know, uh, I'll just go for the double whammy here. Uh, I did never have thought that Sam Ellinger was as good of a quarterback as a lot of people seem to think. I did not think that he was, you know, far and away clearly going to be the best quarterback like a lot of players 
people were talking about. I mean, there was talk about Sam Ellinger being a Heisman candidate coming into the year. And yes, I got derailed partially because of injuries, but I just don't think that he had, you know, the, the talent base that you need, um, especially if you don't have a lot of surrounding talent to help you a lot like he had at Texas. And so I think there was a lot of talent depletion. Uh, and just the fact that I just don't think Texas was nearly as good as a lot of people were expecting, um, even before you take into account all the pieces that they were going to be missing on defense. One note that I will say on Ellinger is I believe if I remember the stat correctly, he is the most sacked quarterback in the Big 12 this year, which speaks to Texas has had issues on the offensive line since Tom Herman got there, and they've 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 struggled to run the ball effectively. And obviously this year, Ellinger, you know, I don't care okay, how how good you are, you're getting sacked that often. What are you going to do? I, I am curious, Adam, if you have any stats or anything to talk about the offensive line issues at Texas and 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 how good that group has been, and and whether that's been a problem for Texas so far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of been the, the, the talking point in Texas football for seems like seven or eight years now, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, there's their lack of the lack of the ability for them to be able to run the run the football, lack of the ability for them to protect the passer. This is this has been an, an ongoing um, issue at, at, in that program. And, you know, it, it's 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 going to cross multiple staffs now. It's going to cross multiple strength conditioning um, um, philosophies. It's uh, so at, at some point in time, maybe it's it's an issue of of, of targeting the, the the correct type of, of of athlete there. You know, I've heard a lot of people who are are more in the know than I am as far as personnel <clears throat> things say that uh, the seven on seven circuit really hurts lineman development in the state of Texas. And at first, I kind of blew it off and thought, well, that's you know, okay, whatever. But you you start to look at the the offensive line play at the University of Texas. And uh, you start to maybe buy into that a little bit, okay? Um, it they're they're not they, they don't appear to be physical. They don't appear to be um, able to 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 handle, especially you know you know and 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 the game last year against Georgia. I know a lot of people will point to that and say, well, what about that game? That was a physical defense they played. I strongly caution anybody. Um, taking anything out of, 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 of bowl games that aren't involved in the college football playoff, because there's so many different factors there, you know, do they do, do the players that are playing, do they really want to be there? Do they really want to, um, uh, is their mind really on the game? Or are they looking towards the NFL? There's just a lot of things that, that, you know, that go on bowl season and those bulls that aren't part of the, 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 the playoff circuit that, don't glean anything from those games. They're 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 ex, exhibition games for a reason. Um, so I, Texas's offensive line issues. I think that it's it's multifaceted. It'll be interesting to see what answers they have going forward because it definitely is an issue that solved if that program is going to go anywhere. Look, all I need to know about the Texas offensive line I saw when Kansas defensive line was dominating them for large portions of that game. No, that that's valid. That's mm-hmm. valid. Mm-hmm. Andy, I'm, I'm going to give you two minutes to say whatever you want about your Kansas Jayhawks after this weekend. Okay, well, you know, um, I, I was not actually expecting Kansas to be as competitive um, as they were, so that is definitely a positive sign. Um, you know, it, it reinforces my idea that the problem with Kansas this year um, is that their offensive and defensive line talent has been severely depleted. And really, when you're looking at the Jayhawks, 
you know, the problems that they've had are, seem to be more talent related as opposed to coaching related, which is not something we could have said in the past. So I'm very happy with the direction that the program is going. It seems like Kansas is uh, at least going to have the chance to be competitive again once they can get the recruiting back on track, which has kind of been the biggest problem in the last 10 years for them is that recruiting has gone downhill severely. So, um, you know, the, the game against Iowa State, while I wasn't expecting it, I definitely thought that it could have happened. Um, especially given what we've talked about with Iowa State already. Uh, and so, you know, there's definitely a lot more for Kansas fans to kind of be excited about. And while I don't give them, you know, a, a, a snowball's chance in hell of beating Baylor this week, um, I, I do think they could at least make this game entertaining, especially since Baylor seems to kind of play to the level of their competition. Nice shot at that Iowa State there. Just You just keep stay on brand, man. Stay on brand. <laughs> hey, you know what? They, they've been mad at me for a while now, and I've been right most of the time, at least to some degree. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep with it. Okay. Uh, there's there's no Iowa State fan like a big, mad Iowa State fan. I, I'm kidding. I love you guys. You're awesome. Um, you guys have also been awesome. I just want to say thank you very much. Adam, you have been fantastic and more than I could have expected. Do me a favor uh, for everybody who wants to check out the fantastic work you do covering college football. Uh, where can they do so? Yeah, you can you can either follow me on Twitter, uh, CFB underscore professor. Um, that's, that's my handle on Twitter. And then I also have a Patreon page. Um, it's patreon.com backslash cfb underscore professor if you guys are big college football nerds i I suggest you just go ahead and go get signed up and it will it makes me smarter i i i i just let me just say that right now it's a it's fantastic page to go check out andy uh for all the people who want to check out the work you do covering the big 12 in kansas where can they do so yeah i'm over writing for kansas over at the land grand gauntlet um, also at Rock Chalk Talk, and I do a podcast covering the Kansas Jayhawks, the Rock Chalk Podcast. You can catch that on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod. Guys, let me say thank you again. And uh, we got we got college football's almost gone, guys. Like I'm I'm a little sad, and by a little sad, I mean a lot sad because it's almost over, and uh, it's never for here for long enough. Yeah, it's uh, winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's it's basketball time. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I I grew up south of Lincoln. I'm a, I'm a Nebraska fan. We don't do basketball. <laughs> oh, that's your problem. You're a Nebraska fan. <laughs> All right, let's not let's not upset more fan bases, Andy. Okay, I'm just doing my part here. Got to get those clicks, however we can get them, right? <laughs> Thanks again, guys. It's been a blast. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks. Thank you. Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to be part of our first mailbag episode this month, shoot us your question. You can DM us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast, or you can shoot it to us in an email. That's 1012podcast, T-E-N, number 12, word podcast, at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.